Are you one of the only on your job? Do you wonder why the same type of people continue getting promotions? Have you dreamed of getting to the top but don't know how? Welcome to Secrets, a podcast devoted to showcasing dilemmas faced by underrepresented employees in their quest to climb the career ladder. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have experienced the corporate grind for more than 20 years. Now they want to share adventures, pitfalls, and C-suite secrets that they've learned along the way. So let's fill up those cups and get started. Hey, welcome to Secrets, everybody. Ricky, what's going on today, my brother? Man, you know, I'm, I think I'm getting a little tired. You know, I'm probably mentally worn out. But I remember in a prior episode when we joked a little bit about electability. Oh, yeah, kinda, I remember that. And kind of what that means, you know. So you're not to be political, but I guess I might be just a little bit. But let's just take a look at the last two presidents, right? You have the current office holder, married you know, three times, multiple baby mamas, Uh-oh. lots of sexual harassment allegations, ethical questions, and I'll just stop right there. Just stop right Okay, there. I'll just stop right, right there. You're not supposed to be political. You know, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just being, uh, I'm just telling you my uh-huh. opinion. And then you have the prior president who had zero scandals, impeccable credentials, and a super strong ethical compass. Right. I mean, he had to be above water. Right. Yet he never got the benefit of the doubt. And this is not me advocating for one person or the other. I'm just talking. I'm just talking about the the, on on paper, you know, like what you look at. This is what many of us call the black tax. Right. This elephant in the room, but sometimes it's not just in the room, it's on your damn shoulders. It's, it's weighing right? you down. <laughs> so let's quickly define, if we can, for our listeners, what do we mean by the black tax? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Ricky. And and you're right with just using that example that you just used. And there are actually multiple definitions of black tax. Okay. So the most common actually is the extra money that black professionals are expected to give every month to support their less fortunate family and extended families. So we know about that. We didn't all been there. Yeah, and we talked a little about a bit about that in, you know, external status and, that's right. and what that means. We ran your accounts out. <laughs> right. A second definition is the higher prices that black people have to pay for goods, often due to lack of large grocery stores or mass market discounters in their neighborhoods. You have to pay higher insurance rates, mortgages, loans, all of that just based on the fact that you black. And that's just that's just life. Like we didn't really call it anything, and sometimes we don't even pay attention to it. But again, that is a term. That is a term. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And redlining is like the classic way to define that, right? Yep. And then the final definition of black tax is the notion that black people have to work and perform regular tasks twice as well as white people and only get half the credit. Mm-mm-mm. We so, know that one. So, so that third definition, that one right there, is the one that we will focus on today. We know in order to climb the ladder, as we have, we've had to do way more than what was expected on paper. Way more. We had to have undeniable credentials. And clean as a whistle. (laughs) Just to be able to kind of get, you know, to this level or even get close to this level. For sure. And so in today's episode, we'll discuss how the black taxes impacted us during our careers 
We'll also share some of the potential negative outcomes of the black tax on black employees in the workplace. We'll also provide some receipts to show that the black tax isn't a figment of our imagination. It's real. And finally, we'll close out with our secrets on how to deal with the black tax in your career. So, Ricky, just diving in a little bit, I just and I think most black people, are, this is almost like the talk. This is another yeah. one of those the talk. Right. I remember my mom, my grandma always said that I could be anything that I wanted to be, but I'd always have to work twice as hard as white folks to get there. Mm. And I think we all feel that. Yeah. And I think we've all heard that talk as well. And so for me, it was always, you know, you feel like you're juggling multiple balls. You're trying to manage the job. Then you're managing some of the discrimination that you may face at work. You're trying to overcome all these stereotypes that people are laid on your back. And then you're feeling like you have this, you can't really be yourself also. And you're just screaming to, 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 to be yourself. And that stuff just constantly being questioned solely based on the skin that you're born in, it just wears you out. And I've worked in a lot of small, not very diverse towns across the country, you know, during my career. And I was often questioned about my experience and the ability to do my job. I remember one day, this guy in my department, you know, I was killing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, they had been there forever, used to doing their thing. And I kind of plopped in out of the sky doing my thing, killing it. And he he came over to my cubicle one day and he was like, look, I know you're a little hotshot MBA and got all these credentials and doing all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to just let you know, I can make your life miserable. Mm. <laughs> So that was the that was the orientation. That was the vote of confidence. Welcome to the team. Welcome right there. to the team. <laughs> it's kinda, to it, the team. So it was kind of like it was kind of like when you get ready to go somewhere, your mom would tell you beforehand. She'd be like, "Now look, now when we get over there, don't act like you're hungry. That's right. Don't ask for nothing. Don't, don't touch nothing. Don't look at nothing. That's right. Now go have fun. Now go have." Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, and that's basically what that dude was telling yeah, me. Right? Exactly. It's just like, hey. Don't act up and don't act brand new because we'll get you. Yeah. And so so I think when you start kind of thinking about like those underhanded attempts, like to kind of sabotage like your well-being on the team, probably your performance and even like your authority, given like your leadership role at the time. I remember, man, my journey. I mean, honestly, trying to get to the director level mm-hmm. was probably like the steepest hurdle, the largest mountain that I had to carry, or like that I could, had to get over. And it felt like I had like this huge monkey on my back, sure. you know, that I had to carry. And I just can just recall, look, I am extremely serious about education, especially given when when the high school count counselor told me college ain't for everybody and you should yep. think about joining the military, right? So that has always driven that me. Your motivation. That has always driven me. But I remember taking on extra assignments when I wasn't a director or even a senior director, even, you know, at the VP level. And I just couldn't get noticed. Right. I remember that it was almost like when someone asked someone on the team, Hey, who can do this assignment? Mm -hmm. But everybody's looking at you and it's like, okay, I'll do it. Right. And I'm the one, like the, probably the less tenured on the team, you know, and look, man, I, I didn't pledge a fraternity Black and old gold. Okay, I did. I, I did what I had to do, right? But I mean, I know what hazing is about, right? Absolutely. And 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 to some degree, like this black tax that I was feeling, mm-hmm. 
of all of the extra things that I had to do, all of the extra degrees or certifications or everything else that I had to do, I mean, I had to knock those out and be overqualified and do things that other people on the team weren't asked. They weren't asked to do it. To do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it 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 became a lot, it you did. know, uh, yeah. for me. I mean, I was finally able to get over the top, but by the time I was able to finally get my buttered biscuit, you know what I mean? And I was able to get that director level position. I felt like I probably should have been the senior director at that point, right? By then. So I mean, I was happy to get it, but I did have a little chip on my shoulder, sure. a bit, right? And but, all those lashes on your back. Exactly. I had, I, I had, I had bruises to show, you know. So I, by the time I got there, I felt like I, I, I earned it, and I deserved to be there, even though folks might try to instill that imposter syndrome on you or whatnot. I felt like I'd been there, but I had to pay a heavy toll. Yep. Just to get there. Just to get there. Just to get there. there. And I'm sure many of our listeners feel that pain that you felt, and they're trying to do the same thing. (laughs) Right. I mean, we talk to them all the time. I talk to them all the time. That's right. And that's why we created this podcast to begin with. And I remember as you and I were preparing for this episode, we ran across a, a Harvard Business Review study from 2002. Right. Right. Called Dear White Boss. Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) And in this study, it was actually a hypothetical letter that was based on interviews and surveys from hundreds of mid and senior level black managers uh, across the country. And this hypothetical letter was from a black manager to his white boss talking about his experiences in the workplace. And what stuck out for me was that little has changed. This was 2002. We in 2020, I read that article and I was just like, I mean, nothing has changed. So, PR, talk a little bit more about the content of the letter. And I think it points out some of the key elements that we wanted to bring out as we're talking about the black tax. Yeah, Keith, you know, and it's like I'm 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 disappointed in, in, in a way because like the irony of this article is that 20 years later, a lot hasn't changed. It's very similar to when I saw Chuck D on, I think it was CNN some some time ago, and he was talking about the updated version of Fight the Power. Okay. You know, and he yep. was talking about, you know, it was great that someone had kind of remade the song and, you know, they were, you know, doing this new version with new uh, people. Yeah. But the sad part about it is we were still talking about the same the thing. The lyrics were still the same. And that, and that was 20 years ago. 20 years. You know what I mean? So we were talking about the same stuff. So, you know, again, a lot hasn't changed. So I can remember having to answer for all black people, you know, and when you think about being at work and people, we talked about some of the water cooler discussions, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier, but, you know, specifically as like this black tax and we're holding all of this on our shoulders. I remember back in the day when we had to educate people and regardless of what I felt about it, I had to have an opinion on it. Right. Oh, for sure. Had to educate people on OJ. And why did OJ do that? And did I think OJ was guilty or not? Right. It's, again, extra, something extra on your shoulders yeah. where you have to have an opinion mm-hmm. and you have to educate and everything else. This is extra weight. Yeah, like I, and Rodney King right yeah, after that. Rodney King. Okay. Clarence Thomas. Clarence you know, oh, what, what do you think about Clarence Thomas? I mean, aren't you happy that you're somebody black on the Supreme Court? And it's like, so you're trying to educate people. And what did the, the, the sister say? All skin folk and kin folk. folk. You know That's what I right. mean? Like, That's right. Again, it, it wasn't as safe. To be as candid as we're being today, this podcast that we're talking about today 
We couldn't probably, have done this 20 years ago. No, not That's not right. at all. Probably we definitely wouldn't have been able, yeah, we probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, be as candid as we're being now. I mean, I think then it was like Jesse Jackson. You gotta speak to what Jesse Jackson is doing or what he's not doing or right. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it's no different for me as I'm thinking about George Floyd. Yep. The Black Lives Matter movement, yep. uh, Breonna Taylor, right? Again, having an answer for all, all black people, stuff. all black situations, all things black. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. It's 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 a bit of a burden, and right? we constantly have to do that in the workplace. Yeah, all I mean, this, the time. This is one of your unwritten, <laughs> you know, jobs, right? That's right. And I'm also thinking about having to overcome stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You know, so not mm-hmm. not only answering for all black people, but now having to overcome stereotypes that assume that you're in a certain role, whether it's they assume that you're in the secretary or part of the help, but yep. you're the VP. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I remember walking with the brother, you know, not too long ago, who was like the GM, the highest ranking. He was the SVP for a very large Fortune 100 company. Mm-hmm. And we were traveling together and he and and. Um, it was me, him, and it was another individual who, like the CFO, you know, uh, type okay. of role, right? Yep. Yep. So one of your brethren, okay? There you go. Um, and I remember him saying, and I'm just happy just to kind of be there because I'm learning, you know, from him. And he says, you know what? They're going to think that such and such is the boss, talking about the CFO. Yeah. You know, not me. Not you. Right? That's and right. He was like, and, and, you can't be the boss. And again, this is an educational moment, you know, and uh, he was like, well, why would they think that? And he was like, and he had to educate him. He's like, ah, oh, that's too bad. That sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was reality, right? So they're assuming that you're only looking out for your own and that you'll hire or promote another black person. Yeah. Again, we talked about all of this. You know, in other episodes where people say, oh, Ricky, you're only advocating for black people or this, that, and the other. Yep. Or even with the Black Lives Movement piece, right? Yep. All lives matter. All right? Li- that's right. <laughs> you yeah, know? That's right. But again, it's part of that extra brick yep. that you have like on your shoulders, which we're referring to as the black tax. The last thing I'll say is then there's this other thing that you got to kind of deal with, which is like the lack of full trust from your colleagues that don't look like you, oh, right? Oh, oftentimes, oh, yeah. these are the white colleagues, yes. right? And I'm not saying yeah, all, that's right. but oftentimes, oftentimes, you know, there's like a, an unwritten piece here. There's always like some little backhanded or slick comment, slick. you slick know, and it kind of comes right <laughs> that, to let you know your place or that you're being watched, right? Yeah. And this is part of what you, well, that was you know, about earlier. We're, we're speaking about, mm-hmm. right? So, so again, we're talking about things that can resemble or that people don't pay attention to that are what we call like the black tax. This sure. is that extra sure. stuff. And all that stuff was in that letter 20 years ago, and it's still here. Right, right. Still here. And so when you think about the impact of of what we were just talking about, this black tax is real. And when you kind of peel it back, Ricky— you know, it's basically a euphemism for systemic and structural racism. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> right. I'm just put it out there, right? And so, but it's also important that, you know, we're calling to the black tax and we, we're talking about experiences as, as black executives, but it doesn't just impact black people. It impacts women, other people of color, LGBTQ plus employees. We've, we've shared stat after stat after stat. When you look at the pay gaps, the leadership roles, who's getting sponsored, you know, People who have the same skill sets but getting passed over time and time again. The math doesn't add up on why all these underrepresented groups are being held back. 
Man, so like the moral to the story, if I'm thinking about this, and this is just, you know, you know, I'm not the smartest dude in the room, right? right. But when I'm kind of simplifying this a little bit, whether you've experienced this or not, the black tax does exist, mm-hmm. you know, and it this does. could be unconscious or whatnot, but there is an expectation when we start talking about, you know, people being qualified for jobs or this, that, and the other, it's always, we need that person, yep. that underrepresented employee to have something more than something, Absolutely. It's always extraordinary quality, right? Mm-hmm. So the key though is, in my opinion, is how you choose to manage the black tax, it can impact your career trajectory. Yeah. Right. It can absolutely do that. Yeah. Just like anything else, it just has to be managed, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's there. It's there. And, you know, there's a lot of potential negative outcomes of this black tax. Right. You know, as I think about one, we've all been there. You were mentioning it earlier. You're you're sitting in the room, people asking about who's going to do this or who's going to do that. So you're physically visible, right? (laughs) Right, right. But you're kind of cognitively invisible. People don't see what you're bringing to the table. They don't respect you. They don't listen to your input. And then your legitimacy is challenged at every corner, you know, by those, you know, they're constantly questioned, does this dude deserve that? What does he know? Why is he doing this? Why is she doing this? So it's it's just a constant thing that negatively uh, impacts. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, Keith. That's a brick. You know, right there. I keep looking at this. Black tax is like a brick, right? A a weight, burden. I think the other part of this, though, in terms of a negative outcome is you get labeled or you become like not a good culture fit, you know? So, you know, it's an unconscious way to deny hiring or promoting or justify termination of black people and people of color, you know, mm-hmm. anybody that's kind of underrepresented to some degree, the power structure ends up saying, you know, you're not a bit of a culture fit, right? Yeah. I mean, and look, I had an example just the other day. I had a, a person, you know, that worked mm-hmm. for a very reputable marketing and media company, mm-hmm. like top five, top five. in the okay. world, okay? okay? Yep. And again, on on paper, you know, you'd never, ever think about, you know, some of these uh, things that actually still exist. Mm-hmm. But this individual takes a a leadership role um, in the company. When you look on the website, you do all these things, everything looks great. But when she actually got there, she realized she was the only black female in a leadership position there. And after the George Floyd stuff, so only been there maybe nine months. So yeah. George Floyd was so just this new. year, and George, right? Yeah. Leadership role, left a very reputable organization and came there to be part, you know, of something big. And after George Floyd, you know, you figure you're the only. And we talked about this responsibility, yep. Absolutely. you know, that you have. Yep. So her boss comes up and says, hey, can you say something, you know, about, you know, the George Floyd stuff? And she's like... What the hell you want what me to say, saying? right? Yeah. Number one, it just happened, and I'm a little, uh, little raw myself. Exactly, and I don't I'm a feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable right. saying anything. Yeah. Okay, should have stopped right there. Okay, yeah. but and that that was in private. Mm-hmm. So then, when they get in the team meeting, you know, the boss asks her again, "Hey, X." Then I put her on black. Yeah, do, you know, would you like to say something? You know, and once again, she says, "No, nah, I'm really not comfortable." You know, saying anything right now is just, you know, it's tragic, you know, this, that, the, but it's it's personal to me and I don't want to say, you know, much right now. So now 
she's already kind of let damn your feelings. Right. <laughs> Do you right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like it's our, now she's been kind of painted out to be not much of a team player. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't feel like educating all of your white people on this. Right. You know, so she's kind of unfairly labeled. And we're talking about 2020, this shit's still going still on. Still going on. You, you, do, you know what I mean? So in an unfair situation. So then after that, now we end up having some what could be considered retaliatory actions taking place where, again, where you're not much of a team player. Or, hey, you don't feel. Only nine, nine miles. But ain't nobody sat down and tried to say, how is this impacting you? Is there any extra employee assistance that you need? Do you need to take some time off to kind of reset? Right. Yeah, so, it, so, again, as we know, George, it didn't stop at George Floyd. No, no. We had several more after that unexplainable situations, mm-hmm. you know, and not to mention the. Taking it back to what started us in this with the political ire yes. that's kind of going on right now. So unfortunately, this sister leaves her job because she says, Ricky, my personal well-being and sanity was more important than trying to educate these folks. That's right. So again, we're talking about the black tax manifesting itself in terms of a negative outcome in a far more serious you know, way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. there. So little long winded, but I thought it was helpful given no, where is. we are. Great example. You know, right now, Great where we example. are right now, we have people out there who are literally suffering through this right now when people not associating it with having an extra burden on you yeah, as, not as an the dots. underrepresented employee. Not connecting the dots. You're absolutely right. And, you know, another uh, potential negative outcome of this black tax Underrepresented employees, particularly black women, are intentionally handed these precarious assignments. Mm-hmm. And some people call this the glass cliff. You know, you give them these impossible dis- assignments, right? Where the most likely result is failure, right? Or, you know, you put them in a dead end job. And you, you could probably think of all the times where somebody's been told to do something like, Go fix the issue with the black employees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What the hell does that mean? Man, you know, my mom used to tell me when she needed a little time to herself, she said, baby, can you go find me that purple paper clip? Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go get it. Like, where is it? I think it's back there in the back room. So I'd be back there for about 30 minutes looking for a purple paper, paper clip. clip. And there's about three red ones sitting right there. No, no, we didn't have no colored paper clips. Yeah. Okay, there was silver. Okay, if that. Okay, so I would come back. 30, 45 minutes and mama, I couldn't find it. Oh, that's okay, baby. Just just bring me what you could find. Yeah. But basically, she had sent me away to keep me busy, yep. you know, for a minute. And mm-hmm. that glass cliff mm-hmm. is exactly what we're talking about Absolutely. right there. Right? She knew I wasn't going to find it, but she just needed me to be busy and be out of her way. Mm-hmm. And see, a lot of times, as you're talking about, we send the sisters on their way just to be busy and to do things. Exactly. Kind of solve some issues that we know probably can't be solved. Or, right, exactly. You know, do some so of those kinda, things. Just, yeah, yeah, go yeah. on about your business. Go on about your business, Go girl. find that purple paper clip for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think the other uh, uh, negative outcome of this black tax is like that perfectionist, you know, or uh, that, yeah. that that tendency where you got to try to get everything, yeah. you know, perfect. We, you we know, fall that, in that trap. Yeah. Black people fall in that trap. You know, and it slows you down and makes you like risk averse, right? Where you feel like I have to be perfect to get to the next level, yeah. like, yeah. or to get something in. And I'm, I 
Absolutely. And Keith, you know I detest this phrase, sometimes good is good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not my phrase, and that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is... Don't fall into the analysis paralysis piece there. But the perfectionist tendencies is a negative outcome of this black taxes. We condition you to have to get things perfect. Absolutely. Before you kind of move Mm -hmm. forward. And then when you don't get that stuff perfect or you start to get passed over and see opportunities pass you by, particularly for black employees, you start to doubt your capabilities and your qualifications. Yeah. What am I missing? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. Why are all these people getting these opportunities and I'm not? Yeah, you start thinking you're crazy. You're doubting yourself. Right. You, you have this, again, this imposter syndrome. Maybe, I'm, maybe I've kind of got as far as you know, I I'm can supposed go. to go. You know, but you start thinking about this stuff, Keith, which brings me to the last negative outcome that I you know, can think of uh, uh, at this point is it just makes your nerves bad, man. It's mm-hmm. like increased anxiety and stress can lead to like the burnout or just checking out. Just like the sister out. we just talked about. She yep. was like, fuck it. So I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you know, we talked about Keith when you got done. That's you right. Now you two talked about that yeah. when, you know. And, 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 and again, you know, and the sister left and she says, Ricky, I know I probably could have got my bread before I left. You mm-hmm. know, just like you said. But sometimes, like we said, sometimes you got to do what's best for you and your health and well-being is 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 first and foremost your and your family and you know your spirituality all of those things are important but again what we want to bring up is the potential negative outcomes yep. if you don't take this black tax and all the stuff surrounding it you know serious but Keith you know again I know we get emotional we talk about purple paper clips we talking about <laughs> all this type of stuff man why don't you just again. Let's just just spit facts, right? Just yep, hit our go. hit our our uh, listeners with those receipts. Those receipts, that's right. So we'll we'll spend a little time now just adding on, piling on. We'll further illustrate the impact of the black tax and how it shows up in the workplace. So the first receipt, and we've talked about this a lot, but I have to keep bringing it up, and just <laughs> in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a McKinsey study that just highlights the plight of women of color, where only three percent are C-suite executives. are VPs and 11% are managers Mm. of all women of color. Black women represent only 1.3% of senior management and executive roles at S&P 500 firms, 1.3%, 2.2% of Fortune 500 boards, and we don't have one CEO at a Fortune 500 company right now, Mm. black Mm. woman. And we already know, we've talked about this before, black women are the most educated of all demographics out there. And we still can't get through. <laughs> Math ain't adding up. It ain't adding up. So receipt number two, a National Bureau of Economic Research study showed that black employees are scrutinized more closely, which leads to worse performance reviews and lower wages. Mm. Black employees are also more likely to be fired for the slightest mistake. Further, once terminated, they take longer to find a decent Job, and I would even point out that there's a difference between a job and a career. And a career, for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and new employers are more wary of the skill set and capabilities of those black employees, thus leading to more scrutiny. This is the old hamster wheel, just constantly scrapping. And I can remember, you know, an experience that I had when I was interviewing for a job, and. There were people that weren't even involved with the the hiring process, but they found out that I was on the the list. 
of potential candidates, uh-huh. and they start scrapping in in your background and try pulling stuff up, and then they send that to you know to the boss. Well, what about this? Check on that. <laughs> Poke at that. Let's see if that's true or not. All this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's yeah. just like, what is this about? All this extra scrutiny. All this extra scrutiny. Yeah. And so that same National Bureau of Economic Research study also showed that only in instances where black workers are monitored and displayed significantly higher skill levels than their white counterparts would they even stand a chance of keeping their jobs for an extended period of time. So you had to be. Twice as good. Impeccable credentials. Impeccable credentials to even just, just keep your job for a long period of time. And even in those instances, there was still the old discrimination in pay and promotion opportunities. Yeah. I mean, again, these are the receipts, man. These We're not making receipts. this shit up, right? So receipt number four, a study by the Economic Policy Institute found that black women work more hours than white women and have increased work hours by 18.4% since 1979 and continue to increase their annual hours and weeks worked per year. Despite the increase in hours worked each year, black women are paid only 63% of what white men make and 17% less than white women. So again, the math, I mean... You know, when, you, when your parents used to say, baby, I can't help you with that. I had the old math. I had the old math. Even that's right. the old math, this shit don't add That's up. right. I don't understand the new math, but I understand these numbers, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to have an MBA in finance like I do to understand that. That's some bull. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so today, we have four secrets for you. And before jumping in, I'll tell you those four secrets. So grab a pen and paper. We'll talk about those. Our four secrets that we'll share, one is to be intentional. Two is to take strategic risk. Three is to set yourself up for sponsorship. And four is to build a network of trusted confidants. So with secret number one, we've talked about it the entire episode. The black tax is real. So our point is, since you know it's real, be really intentional about how you bust your ass. Right? Don't don't fall for the old banana tailpipe trick. (laughs) Right. From Beverly Hills Cop, you know, and don't be chasing shit that don't matter. So be really, really intentional about what you're working on and why you're working on it so that you're not just spinning. Right. I mean, which, you know, we've we've talked about in previous episodes, but that intentionality is is critical. Yes. So secret number two, you know, take strategic risks. So the old adage of keep your head down and work hard and they're going to notice you. That's kind of out the window. Yeah. Right. So, so again, look, I mean, I'll even use a personal example, right? In terms of uh, taking a strategic risk. I mean, look, Keith, we just helped, I think it was in the last few weeks, we helped two sisters who we ended up connecting them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, together because they both had very similar hurdles that they were trying to overcome, right? They sure were did. in functional level roles and wanted to, do something that was, you know, more uh, meaningful and based on their career um, aspirations. And we talked to them about, you know, what chief of staff roles were and whatnot. And they were basically able to find at their separate organizations like chief of staff roles. They were able to clearly articulate, you know, what it was. And it took them obviously out of what their 
normal comfort zone yeah, was. For sure. But it set them up to be able to have PL uh, visibility, yep. a seat at the uh, senior leadership or staff table, mm-hmm. and gave them a skill set or a muscle that they could build that they didn't have before. But again, that was a, a very strategic risk. Yeah. You know, that they ended that up they, that they you know, take. taking right there. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing, even just checking up with them since they've gotten into the role, they're starting to see their name pop up more and just mm-hmm. different stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's an opportunity that pops up, what about her? You know, <laughs> she's doing good in this role where she wasn't even on radar before. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so taking those strategic risks are really important. Secret number three. So as we mentioned in episode six on mentorship uh, versus sponsorship, Getting a sponsor is critical to you climbing the ladder. We did mention that performance was the most important factor in obtaining sponsorship. So that's number one, right? And you got to have somebody that's going to stand up for you and, and advocate for you at the table. So really spend your time focused on the projects and goals and initiatives that your boss and her boss care about. Mm-hmm. Because if you align with them, you have a higher probability of success in terms of Moving on up. Yeah, you don't want to have that assignment when you're talking to your boss, when you're talking about the status, and you're, like, really excited about the shit you've been working on. And, like, yeah, but uh, on that other thing, like, uh, like you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. Missed the mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did a great job, but that's not really something that they're passionate about. So not that, that, that doing stuff that they're not passionate about is not important. But, again, if you want to gain that sponsorship and to have extra attention to focus on you, again, be strategic, yeah. you know, uh, about – that work in and do something that appeals to your mentor. For sure. So um, now uh, closing out secret number four here um, is we, we've spoken about this all the time, but you need to have people around you that have your back. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. That have your back, right? You must have a network of trusted confidants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and like one of my uh, colleagues always says, you know, you know who you are, Miss Sparkles, right? She says, you know, you got to have like a good board of directors, right? Particularly people that you trust. And, and if you really want to get specific about it, people who may not look like you. Yep. So we're talking about people in the power structure. If those are white people, if those are... You know, whoever, whoever you need them, you need to have those people in your corner. So knowing when people are talking behind your back or trying to undermine your performance or question your authority Mm -hmm. or even, you know, if they're having those talent discussions, you need to have people who have your back because it's critical to you being able to stay one step ahead and also to be able to nip some of that slick shit in the bud when it, when it happens, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, I think this is, we can't stress how important it is to have allies. That's the word yep. we're using that's these right. days, we, that's right? right? That's the, that's the word. <laughs> you know, allies. to have those allies. But, you know, I think as you're trying to grow your board of directors and whatnot, it's important to be, you know, extremely intentional, yep. you know, and strategic about being able to do that. For sure. For sure. So... So, Ricky, this has been a great episode here. I've learned a lot, and I'm a little stressed, you know, just talking about it a little bit. But but did want to show some appreciation for all of our listeners out there. You guys are keeping us on point. We are loving the feedback, 
loving your support. And so just continue to listen in with us. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm appreciative. I mean, we have, look, we've, we've, people have been sending us uh, pictures of them sporting their secrets gear and, you know, somebody even sent me something where they had the secrets gear for their dog. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I think that's good. I, I would also um, urge you if you if you have questions, feel free to send emails to us. You know, hit us up on our LinkedIn page, hit us up on Facebook. But if you think you need some individualized coaching, yep. you know, or you want to get a package of that and you want to talk to uh, Keith or myself, or even if you want to talk to some other coaches from my secrets family, we can set that up for you. Absolutely. Because ultimately we do not want you trying to figure out this shit on your own or making mistakes and then trying to recover from them. You are not crazy. Sometimes you just need some extra help. That's right. To be able to get you through that. And we can offer that, and we can, you know, to we you. We can definitely do that. And so, like I said before, after this episode, I feel like I need to drink twice. Well, I got mine right over here, man. I made mine nice and tight. There you you know? go. So I'm going to go ahead and finish it up. But until the next time, hey, Keith, I appreciate you, appreciate man. Appreciate you too, Ricky. Appreciate our listeners, man. So until the next time, we love you. Tune in. Take care. Thank you all for listening today. Hopefully you gained a secret or two that can be applied as your journey continues. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends and donate via Patreon. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.